Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. From the home of time. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charlton Live. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. Sweet song, wake up, wake up, you sleepy head, get up. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red Live, love, love and be happy What if I be blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers Rain may glisten but still I listen for hours and hours I'm just a kid again doing what I did again Singing a song When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along like to be beside the seaside. So a very good evening to you and welcome to Chat Live here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendes. We're going to be looking back at yesterday's fantastic 3-1 win up at Highbury Stadium against Fleetwood Town. A hat-trick for the boy Tariq Fosu, his fifth goal of the season. Now the top goalscorer, Tariq Fosu. Uh, and he certainly deserved his hat-trick yesterday. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley to discuss that fine win are Mr Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Very good. Yeah, Very you enjoyed enjoy yourself yesterday? I did. Yeah, I wasn't there, but followed it with uh, Kerry and Greg. Very enjoyable. Yeah, and uh, were, were you expecting such a result? Uh, no, no, I wasn't. Um, I did think we might win, but um, I wasn't expecting us to win fairly comfortably. From the sound of the game, it sounded like it was pretty... Pretty easy going, so yeah. yeah, really pleased. And joining myself and uh, Tom in the studio is Nathan Muller. How are you doing, Nath? Living the dream. Yeah, and uh, what, did, what did you think of yesterday's game? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a good game. Yeah, it was yeah. a good game. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Good day out. Yeah, yeah, good, good. Day out. Came back uh, yesterday, obviously, but yeah, uh, yeah no, um, didn't stay up there. That's for January for Blackpool. Away, so. Yeah, 
Yeah, excellent. We'll right. go for a couple of beers then, mate, won't we? Yeah, excellent. Right, on tonight's show, uh, like I said, we're going to look back at yesterday's uh, game against uh, Fleetwood. We're going to hear from uh, the mastermind, uh, Carl Robinson. Uh, we want to hear from you guys as well. Let us know what you made of yesterday's game. You can email us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk, or you can tweet us at charltonlive. Head over to the Charlton Live forum. There's a thread on there uh, where we will discuss the game. Our player in focus this evening is one who made his first league start since uh, January 2016, so 21 months ago, a Mr. Nabi Saar. I want to know what you guys have made uh, of his performances so far this season. So if you've seen him in, in any of the cup games or if you were there at Fleetwood yesterday, uh, what have you made of his performance? Is it time to wipe the slate clean for Nabi Saar? Because I think that's what Carl Robertson's calling for. Uh, and has will have have these performances so far earned that as well. Uh, so let us know. Email studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at Charlton Live. We have a quick discussion about the women's team, and then also we had an idea that came in from Freddie Wells during the week uh, about the uh, the Legends game from a, a couple of weeks ago. So we're going to discuss that later. I'll, in, I'll introduce that in a little while, uh, and we'll let you know what the discussion will be for the second half of the show. But first things first, I think it's time that we listen to the highlights of yesterday's game. You're, the more astute listeners uh, amongst you will notice that the first goal not in there uh, because well you just hear the end of it basically because the recording cut out but this is anyway the highlights of yesterday's win Tariq Fosu's magic Holmes, the architect and Fosu gets two goals in two games and we Chown ahead throws it into Keshi gets it back Konza going on a run Konza to the touchline ball chip ball across it might run to Fosu again brings it down Fosu trying to get onto his Right foot, takes the right foot, shot oh. just over the bar. Pace on the ball, but Konza gets it down. Look, look at the run of McGuinness and his uh, turn pond. Pond just about gets there first, but McGuinness might get to the return before the keeper. No, he tried to take it round the keeper, where maybe a shot was a better option. Clearance from Amos, but it put Force Kaski in trouble with his own touch. And now balls with Glendon forward towards Aula, and it comes to Gron, and it's in! Fleetwood have the equaliser out of nothing, really. Amos's goal kick found Force Kaski, couldn't get under control. And on the counter-attack, the ball works to Grant on the left-hand side. It goes for goal. And it goes past Amos. And Fleetwood have got the equaliser. On the left-hand side, it beats Cashy, and he's got a shooting opportunity here. Bell goes for goal, and it's an awkward one for Amos. Sort of palms it away unconvincingly for out for a corner. Dive to his left, the ball sort of went to his right, and he managed to get it behind it in the end. Quickly, good ball four from Amos finds McGuinness who forwards towards Fossil. Oh, it's a goal! Palmed away by Cairns, and Coyle completes the clearance. Chips it inside to Holmes against it under control. Ricky Holmes under a little bit of pressure from Glendon beats him. Oh, well, beats him again, gets onto his left foot, will go for goal. It's a low! Strike and a great save! <laughs> From Alex Cars, what an effort though from Ricky Holmes on his left foot. Silver on the overlap, he chooses to use him. Holmes uses him decoy, crosses now in towards McGuinness, headed away. Now it's come to Fosu in the penalty area. Fosu, little step over. Fosu onto his left foot. Tariq Fosu still. Yes. Oh, what a finish! Tariq Fosu, great work to come inside onto his left foot. Couple of step overs, worked a bit of space. His reverse shot past Cairns and Charlton back ahead. That's absolute quality from Tariq Fosu, no, notwithstanding the cross from Friggy Holmes, which looked to be uh, uh, too far. Uh, missed McGuinness, and you think a oh, chance might have gone. It drops to Fosu on the opposite side of the penalty area from what he scored from. He, uh, he had it on his uh, right foot originally, then step over, brought it back to his left, feigned again, back to his left again. And then instead, what everybody was thinking, he was going to try and curl it away to the right-hand side. He cut it back into the left. Keeper, no chance. Charles Kesky to take the corner towards the back post. It's over Bauer's head. Might come to Clark. He's continued to run. Clark Watch back it, inside. Nabi Saar is headed off the line. I think by Easton. It looked goal-bound from Nabi Saar. And there is a half-time whistle. Polo 
Apollo will look to take on to Silva, gets past him into the penalty area. Ball across, finds Hola, and his ball is shot over. Immediately down the line to Holmes, who's onside. Holmes on the left-hand side, closed down by Bolger, tries to get onto his left foot, crosses towards the back post, McGillis will win Ooh, the header. Just couldn't get just enough couldn't power, get on, any power it. on it. Yeah. And the keeper comes out to collect. Another lovely move from Charlton down this left-hand side for options. Polo giving him the run, edge of the penalty area of Polo. The Silver steps in, wins it back for Charlton, comes away on a run and then feeds Fossu over halfway. Fossu on the left hand side, They're heading towards the penalty area, looking to take on Pond. Gets in the box, is he going to fall over? No, he's got his address! There's number three! Third for Tariq Fossu, the third for Charlton. He was almost upended by Pond on the end of the area, but he made his way into the penalty box, into the edge of the six-yard box and calmly slotted it between the legs of the advancing Cairns and Charlton go 3-1 up. Oh, lovely play from Tariq Fossey. The thing I admire most about this goal is when he picks it up, he has the confidence to take on Pond. He beats Pond, Pond fouls him. He can go down, he can win the penalty for the Addicts. He stays on his feet and fires home for the Addicts, fires past Cairns in the goal. I'm delighted for him, he's been excellent, Tariq Fossu. Now, we talked about the introduction of Marshall, we talked about Rees and Tariq Fossu, the 21-year-old, or maybe 22 now, <laughs> I need to double-check that, but Tariq Fossu, the young winger who signed who no-one knew about, has come in and shown. As the final whistle goes. Excellent commentary there from uh, Terry Smith and Greg Stubby on Valley Pass, enjoying very much that win up at Fleetwood. I mean, there's only one place to start, and that is, of course, with the boy who gets the hat-trick, Tariq Fossu, Still 21 years old. It's incredible to think. I mean, I think when when we, you have your own youngster and he's come up through your ranks and you know you know he's a young player, but when you sign someone from another club, it's it's not really at the forefront of your mind that you've signed a kid here. Mm. Uh, but Tariq Fossu, I mean, he, he's really he's hit the ground running this season. He's, he's turned out to be a real find. Yeah, I'm really pleased for him because obviously, Carl said plenty of times if it wasn't for the fact Mark Marshall was injured, he wouldn't have been starting many many games. Um, but he's come in, I think. We've talked a couple of times that he maybe goes missing in games or you know his final ball lets him down, but that's because he's young. Um, it's also because he's a winger. Because yeah. you, find, you find me a winger who doesn't go missing at times. Exactly. And he'll be playing in the Premier League. And when you look at how many goals he's got and the influence he's had on the team, overall it's been much more positive than negative. Um, yeah, got on the score sheet a couple of times, obviously before yesterday. And then to, to bag a, not only a hat-trick, but a perfect hat-trick was just, just brilliant for him. And uh, as you say, fully deserved. Um Nice to see Mark Marshall obviously and get a run out as well, but yeah, brilliant for Fossey. I'm really pleased for him. Do you think the fact that Marshall and Reeves, who were both you know in, in the squad for the first time yesterday, Nath, the fact that they're now ready to start playing, do you think that might even push Tariq on a bit? Yeah, it'll have to. It, it'll have to because otherwise um, he'll find himself on the bench, uh, which sounds harsh considering he's got a, just got a hat trick. But you know, if he has a couple of quiet games, and that's what Reeves and Marshy are there for. So, but yeah, it was nice to see him get another couple because we touched on him on Thursday didn't we to say how he's started well but um, yeah no, he's, he's, he's just one of those we always said like last season we didn't have many players who could get the ball from deep and just run at players apart from Ricky yeah. and just turn it from defence to attack in such a short space of time so and he'd obviously done that yesterday especially with the third one yeah, so obviously uh, all the talk before the game was about Reeves and Marshall coming back into the squad, but uh, they weren't starting. And the big team news was the fact that Solly, Solly's missing out. It's, it doesn't sound like it's anything too serious. I think it's just you know that the game's catching up with mm. him a bit. Well, you know, got to keep an eye on that knee uh, by the sounds of it. So th- there was options there. I mean, it could have been just Dick Steele coming in straight in at right back, but um, uh, Carl decided to go with pushing Konza out to right back and, and bringing in Nabi Sar. Now, were, were you surprised by that decision? Uh, no, not really. Um, 
I think I would have liked to have seen Jick Steele because I think in the, the pre-season games I saw him in, I think he's done quite well. Um, but I think Saar equally this season has, has equipped himself very well in the games I've seen. So it, uh, I was pleased to see him go into the centre and that obviously then freed up the right-back spot for, for Konza. Um, and I thought it worked really well. I saw the highlights, as I say, listened to the game yesterday. I thought Konza, on the ball especially, was brilliant and calm and we know what he can do. But Saar as well, I mean, we're going to talk about him in, in a bit more detail later, but this season, you know, standalone, I think he's, when he has been called upon, he's been very, very good, very solid. Um, obviously, we did concede one goal yesterday, but we seem to have a habit of doing that. We're not going to get many clean sheets, it doesn't look like, but I thought on the main he did very well. Hmm. Right, so as the, the, the game began, and honestly, that first 10 minutes was one of the most cagey I've ever seen. I think we were we were certainly edging possession, but with, without breaking them down at all. I was sitting there looking at this game thinking, I hope this done the last 90 minutes, because we were... Like playing the ball around and just getting absolutely nowhere. And then our first, the first time we carved them open, we scored, and it was good work. I think it was Billy Clark who laid it out to to Ricky Holmes. He's floated a glorious crossover to the far side, uh, and uh, Fossey gets his first. Now, not the sort of player you're expecting to see uh, notch a header really, but it was a good header and, and put us into the lead. Yeah, it was a yeah great little header. But um, I think you could, if anyone's seen it on Twitter, see Billy Clark's face. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I don't know if that's because he doesn't know if his heading and training isn't the greatest, or he's just shocked that he's going to try and use his head. But yeah, no, it was good movement to go in the back stick, and obviously Ricky Holmes has stuck it up in the air for him just and just to nod it away and get us underway. So. Obviously, it was a great start. We see, we've seen at times this season. I'm thinking back to perhaps the South End game at home here, where we've been, where it's been a quite a cagey game and, and nothing, nothing much is happening. And all of a sudden, we've just got this gear that we just go up into. And, and then mm. you know, against South End, we scored twice within a couple of minutes. And, and here, from a game where we were using possession but not really going anywhere with it, all of a sudden there's a bit of space down that right hand side, and, and we and we just completely sort of exploit it. Yeah, and that's been the difference in the last two or three games is that we haven't done that. When you you watch back on the highlights, the amount of times that likes the Holmes and Fosse were getting in between their defensive lines and just finding that space and then once they pick up the ball prepared to have a shot as well which the last couple of games as you say we just haven't done we've moved it around okay got into that final third and then just there's just been no end product or they've snuffed out a chance um, but here you know we were more dynamic we were looking for space we were getting shots away and as you say Fosu gambling and getting into the box to try and head the ball is not something we're used to seeing um, so the fact that he did that and obviously put us in front was, was brilliant mm, yeah he had a very good chance to make it 2-0 uh, not, not long after that where the cross came down and, and controlled it and I was, I was thinking well, at the time he did this he controlled it cut inside on his right uh, from the left hand side and fired it over I was thinking oh, that, that would have been quite similar to his, uh, his goal against Oldham but more on that later because his second one was um, then uh, Josh McGuinness had a chance where the, the ball was played back to him. Just discussing that, it was, he sort of intercepted a really loose back pass from Pond, I think it was, and uh, the, the goalkeeper's coming out and he seems to sort of make the wrong decision there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I thought he was going to try and just trip it over the uh, over the keeper, but it's, it's all well and good me saying it's sitting in a room, isn't it? You know, <laughs> but uh, and then obviously he tried taking it round him, but um, he did the first touch, he didn't sort of play it ahead of, he sort of kicked it upwards, sort of thing. So. Which enabled the goalie to sort of get, he's getting it, get his hands on it. He should have just sort of like lobbed it up into the air yeah. and headed it over him because that's what he, <laughs> that's what he said, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then it is like so. So then we've missed those those couple of chances to extend our lead, and then sure enough, it goes to one all, and it's you're sort of thinking, oh god, here we go again. But it, it was poor. I think I thought Sikaski sort of lost possession within the half and then as as the ball's come into the penalty area the Bauer and their man's gone for it and they've both missed it and, and Bobby Grant's got all sorts of space 
I think Cons is still trying to react and get back after, after we lost the ball within our own half and he fires it across the goalkeeper and that's one or and I guess you're probably fearing the worst then when that happens when when, when once again we've, we've thrown away a lead after missing chances yeah I was I heard that goal go in and thought oh here we go again you know the last month or whatever two three weeks hasn't been that kind to us and we're looking for something a bit of luck to go our way to to get ourselves out of what's you know a, a little blip really it's not nothing more than that but you start to worry especially when you then concede again and it, it was a poor goal to concede really you say Forster Kasky uh, lost it and then we've seen Solly and De Silva be guilty of pushing too high at times anyway um, and this was no different obviously Konza uh, in place of Solly and yeah couldn't get back in time as you say there was the coming together with Bauer which was a bit unfortunate but it was a good finish in the end from them but they were just allowed far too much time and, and as you say you then think right we're away from home We've conceded again. What way is this game going to go? And are the players going to step up and and you know perform more like they had in the early parts of the season? I mean, Carl came out and sort of said in his interview that he, he puts his hand up that the goal was his fault. Uh, and, mm. and can you see why I'm saying that? If he's, if he's trying to, if maybe it's, <laughs> maybe I think he's trying to say that I've asked the players to to play the ball around in midfield, and perhaps they might sometimes get get caught out trying to overplay it at times. Mm. Yeah, I mean, did he? Uh, I can't remember. Did Amos throw it out to straight to Forster Casky? Yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't he remember. Chip, how he he chips it out. I think. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, maybe, maybe have they done that mm. instead of playing it out to the fullback? And you know, maybe going straight in because Casky always drops deep, doesn't he? he always yeah. drops deep, try and get it short. And sometimes there's a fit when he doesn't get it. But um, that's the only thing I can think of that he's obviously told to give it to Jake in the middle. And then if your touch is bad, then you obviously you're in a bit of a dodgy position. But that's the only thing I could think of, unless. Yeah, unless I don't know, he weren't exactly, he weren't exactly playing, was he? So <laughs> that's, the only, that's the only thing. I oh can no, think yeah, of. he bought himself off. Yeah, sorry, I thought <laughs> you would remember that. Yeah. Uh, smashed it into I'm the top sure. corner for Fleetwood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I read kick. Yeah, when, oh, that, that was my fault. <laughs> um, no, so uh, then a couple of minutes later, we could have easily fallen behind actually because Amari Bell sort of uh, let go from distance, and uh, I don't know the from our angle, it looked like um, the goalkeeper Amos may have just misjudged it or he must have swerved or something because he got caught out. Uh, and really had to adjust to, to mm. flip it up over the bar. But then, you know, that, that was Fleetwood's five minutes, five, ten minutes spell over, really. And we came back into it. We saw, saw a couple of chances. Um, I think Fossil had a, had a pot from just outside the area the keeper held. Uh, Ricky Holmes went for one from distance. And then uh, we had a corner, which we, we obviously tried something off the training ground where Forster Kasky pulled it back to the edge of the box where it came for a volley from Holmes, which was blocked. Uh, but then we do get the second goal. Now, a defensive error in the build up. The cross comes over. And the uh, the Fleetwood uh, fallback, I think it was, has just missed it and let it go through to Fossey. Uh, and now this is why I was saying, remember that I said it was similar to the goal against Oldham, because this was almost a mirror image of it, just from the other side of the penalty mm. area. Step over, um, the confidence and the composure to do that footwork inside the penalty area is so impressive. And then from the angle that we were in the press box, the, the other side of the goal to which he struck it opened up so well, and we thought he'd just smash it into that corner. But you could see a defender obviously saw that and was trying to get back onto the line. So he's just cut it back across the uh, inside of the post uh, and put us 2-1 up. But another really good finish. And like I say, that footwork in, in the penalty area, very impressive. Yeah, and I think you also said the word composure there. Um, you know, as you say, we talk about him as a you know, mercurial winger. He's going to make mistakes and he's going to get things wrong naturally because of his age and his position. But to be in that position in the box and to have so much time, what felt like so much time and as we've both said they're so composed and his footwork was brilliant to, to put the ball exactly where he needed it as you say took a look saw that the defender was coming across and then steered it into the other corner instead and it was yeah it's a sort of 
finish you'd expect from a, a very experienced striker, but not from someone so young and you know a flair winger player. So yeah, it was brilliant. And and as I say, we were looking for a reaction when we saw that their goal go in, and you start to get a bit nervous. And it was exactly what we needed. It was just before half time, wasn't it? As well, so cliche but a, a good time to score and to get back ahead yeah it is nice to see some flair on the pitch uh, that wasn't launched in uh, from <laughs> yeah. the fans you know? <laughs> um, uh, we nearly had a third actually just for half time and it would have been uh, uh, an interesting uh, goal because I've seen his Nabi Saar like I said he, his first uh, start since uh, January 2006 in the league at least He's, he started a couple 16, of cup games surely. 2016, sorry, yeah, he was he was barely out of nappies, I imagine, in 2006. But, um, barely out of nabbies. Yeah, we, <laughs> but, but yeah, he had, a, he had a header sort of cleared off the line just before the break. And then we're going in, so then we're going in 2-1 up at half-time, and I get a, a DM from one of our photographers, Paul. Um, he's saying, oh, he's, he wasn't there, but he was, he was at home, and he's saying, oh, if you want to scare your followers, why don't you tell them that, that Sky Sports had just mentioned that Fleet would have scored at least twice in every, every, um, every home league game so far this season. So I tweeted that out there, got the usual stick from people who think that my stats make the the difference, uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, but considering what we have seen over the last couple of weeks, the fans probably would have been a bit, a bit nervous at that time. Yeah, it's, it's understandable, really. I mean, um, especially like last week against Walsall, we let consider the goal late on, and it sort of pegged us back a bit. So I think the second half was going to be crucial. The first ten minutes to try and keep it tight and just don't give anything silly away, um, just so we can build on something, which obviously ultimately we did. But yeah, there was a. When, as soon as it goes but when when we concede and you're always wondering you know they're the home side they're a good outfit that we spoke on Thursday um, and yeah there was always an element of doubt but obviously it turned out to be alright in the end didn't yeah, it yeah in fact just before half time there was an effort actually from Devante Cole as well yeah. which, uh, he sort of went went near post and it flew behind behind the goal and went straight into the Charlton fans and I, I thought it was heading for Amy's head who <laughs> travelled up there but unfortunately it missed and uh, so she could enjoy the rest of her day <laughs> but um, uh, start of the second half and it, again it, start, it started in a very similar vein to the first half really very cagey very slow not, not a great deal happening apart from we're seeing uh, Clark falling over Billy Clark slipped over yeah. and this time he stayed down for a little while and then eventually he's had to be taken off so now we've had to bring on Mark Marshall on I think it was on 51 minutes 52 minutes which is earlier than I think we were planning on yeah. uh, but he, he went he went the distance now obviously like I said before the game, all the talk was about how these two players, Marshall and Reeves, are going to come back. Um, and it is such a boost. I mean, he was quiet yesterday, in my opinion, Marshall, but you'd expect that in your first game back. Um, but what, what a boost he, he's going to be uh, over the next few weeks. Yeah, and it's um, it's credit to Billy Clark that he's managed to go this long playing in that position without getting too seriously hurt because he puts himself about every single game, you know, always chasing down everybody. He's been one of our best players I would say um, you know it's not that he's got the goals or anything like that but he's just everything seems to go through him so so glad that obviously I don't wish injury on anyone but the fact that he's only got injured when we've been able to bring somebody else on um, instead of having to rely on some someone younger um, and yeah Mark Marshall comes on I saw him briefly at Stevenage before he got his injury and he looked like he, he could have some potential attacking threat there but didn't really see him for long enough and you say maybe a bit quiet yesterday, but just to have him back in the side and Reeves too, uh, you know, they, these are dangerous players at this level. Um, and the fact that we've got five or six players across that three that we're going to be able to rotate is is going to worry sides. Yeah, uh, right. So, like I say, it was a really quiet opening to that second half. And I think maybe 15 minutes in, both sides sort of had a half chance where Hiwula, who they signed from Bradford last year, I remember being impressed with him. Uh, at Valley Parade last season but at the same time like he had all these chances and didn't score and he had very similar yesterday he had a couple of chances but didn't score so maybe I'm 
starting to think, oh, maybe he's an all right player, but he can't score. So maybe he might have fit into our team a couple of weeks ago, actually. <laughs> uh, so we had a shot from the edge of the box, which I think went over. And then there was uh, McGuinness, who uh, couldn't quite connect with a with quite a tasty looking cross from Holmes. Uh, but, you know, big Josh putting himself about up, up top, getting his headers in there. He, he looked a decent prospect again yesterday, as we know he is. Um, the, the lovely challenge from Naby Sarr again on, on halfway as... as would look to break and it wasn't long after that that, that we got our, our third goal uh, I think it was De Silva who's there to cut out something in the middle of the park and, and play it to, to Fossu he's picking the ball up on the edge of the on the on the halfway line and he's running towards goal now, De, now this is also important De Silva's carried on his run mm. down the left hand side on the overlap and I think that that just gives the, the, uh, the defence something else to think about which makes a clearer path into the um, into the penalty area for Fosu, but I mean he would have been surely he would have been within his rights to go down and claim a penalty when that challenge went in as well. Yeah, definitely he was. It was just he, was, he would have got a penalty if he went down, but the way that you know the way are sometimes the ref decisions are you can't if you if you've got any possibility of keeping your balance then you try and stay on your feet and try and nick, nick it away. So. Which he did, so yeah, and honestly, he's paid off as yeah, well. And that's exactly. a lovely finish. And in this one, it was on his right foot. The first mm. one header, second one left foot, third one right foot. It is the perfect hat trick, yeah. uh, and and the perfect way to seal it. I mean, I said I said it was Maradona esque the way he ran almost half the length of the pitch. He didn't have to beat as many men, or indeed pick the ball up and throw it in like Maradona did. <laughs> we'll but, take but, that, though. Yeah, but, but it was it was a superb goal, uh, and, and sealed the three points. Yeah, no, it was, and it was it was nice because when you watch it back, it's funny. I think it was it Pond again where he, when he tries to tackle him, he just ends up on his backside, doesn't he? It's just quite funny to watch. <laughs> yeah. But well, it's um, just one step over, and, and yeah. that's and that's what someone who runs at uh, runs at you with the ball mm. chucks in a step over. It can be so hard to defend yeah. against, and that's why you're surprised you don't see it more really. With Fosu, he tries it almost every time he has the ball, and often sometimes he'll have, he will have a game where he keeps running into into traffic and, and not getting through. But like I say, that that is a winger. That is the sort of player he is. It's not always going to come off, but when it does, it looks excellent. And the good thing for us is that we've got, I would argue, we've got all five of those players, maybe even Carlin as well, have all been doing that this year. So they'll get the ball and all of them, him, Ricky, Billy, uh, Ben Reeves, and Ahern Grant, all turn and run at defenders at the moment. And as you say, it's not going to come off every time, but when it does, you're going to win free kicks, you're going to win penalties, or you're going to get past those players and create a chance. So it's so much more exciting to watch. And I know we've had a couple of games recently where they perhaps haven't done that as much but going on the last two or three years we're seeing it so much more now and, and that's why we're getting the results we are London Inigiza says he loved how Fosu stayed on his feet for his third goal imagine Deli Ali doing that no neither can I and uh, uh, Klaski Kaski says uh, so happy for Tariq Fosu he's been a breath of fresh air since he came into the club taking his chance very well Hattrick was well deserved now um, yeah, that, that third goal pretty much killed the game off for us a, a Fleetwood tried to Tried a couple of them. They had one sort of cross towards the far post. I think him up in Cole, who sort of just completely didn't connect with it properly, and they missed that. Uh, we also had a, a back heel from Forster Kasky uh, that went in, uh, ruled out, which is a shame because it would have been a really classy Kasky finish, actually. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but other than that, the, the the only other talking point from the last ten minutes really was the fact that Ben Reeves also got to come on. Uh, he replaced uh, Fosu, obviously got a, a, an excellent standing innovation. Uh, from from the, the the fan the four hundred or so I think it was fans that, that travelled up to the to the northwest, uh, including Nathan obviously and um, and myself and uh, but like I see Ben Reeves coming on that's that's another plus and you forget I mean Ben Reeves was one of the best players in the division last year yeah he is and, and like Carl said it's it's another it's a it's a nice new signing it's not a squad player signing he's it's got quality and he'll add a lot to. Um, Add a lot to the team when it, whenever he's obviously 100% fit. But I know him and Marsh, you've got 60 minutes on Tuesday and Saturday, haven't they? So 
hopefully by the when's the next game Doncaster isn't it? yeah a couple of weeks now so yeah. hopefully by then they're going to be more they're going to be pushing like we said earlier they're, they're going to be pushing Holmes and Fosu to try and get in and mm. Clark so it's all looking good at the moment yeah, so in the context of the season that's pushed us back into the playoff positions the first winning five um, I mean, how? What was your feelings over over the run of the the, the run we just had, where we hadn't won those four games? Because um, uh, in terms of getting absolutely trolleyed, that was like the only the only the Wigan game where we were we were just clearly second best. The other ones, you know, we've had chances, didn't finish them. Questions about finishing, questions about defending, perhaps at times. But you know, were you negative? Were were you worried at any point? I mean, did you feel that this result had the potential to be coming quite soon because we were creating quite a lot of chances? I tend to be a fairly positive fan, um, but I think because we've been such a basket case of a club over the last two or three years, you see two or three defeats and the change in atmosphere around the fans, and and you do start to worry probably more than you should. Um, As you say, if if I listen back to the last few Sunday shows, we were probably saying, look results are going to go away because we're still creating chances it's not like we're being as you say being battered apart from that Wigan game so I, I thought the win would come um, I'm surprised it did take us so long considering the likes of Gillingham and Berry are in there but uh, you know it was I never thought it was going to be a complete crisis and we were going to end up slipping down the league too much um, I'm glad we've got the win when we have obviously we've got a, a fortnight off now to get the likes of Marshall and Reeves even more fit and ready for the next game and I think if we can then look to build on that straight away and, and keep pace with the majority of the others up there, apart from obviously Shrewsbury are flying at the top, but we've just got to be in and around it and keep pace with those teams and look start to maybe target those big games against them as the ones that are going to make or break the season. Um, but yeah, um, I was never too concerned. As a defensive performance yesterday, now, if like, so I've already mentioned now, that was uh, only the first time that Fleetwood haven't scored twice mm. uh, at home in the league all season. Now, I mean... You know, defending probably hasn't been our strong suit this season, and Carl admits that our, our game plan very much is to outscore the opposition. Um, but I mean, do you think we can take some confidence from the fact that we have at least restricted them a bit? Because I mean, Fleetwood didn't give us too many periods of worry apart from after after they scored their first goal, really. Yeah, I think we can. I mean, obviously Nabs is coming in; he adds a lot of height to the team, and he's got a big physical presence. But um, we can't forget. You know, like you said, they they've always scored two or more goals. We were missing arguably our two best defenders um, from the obviously start eleven in Souls and Piercy. So I think if you I think if you can't take any sort, of, yeah, we didn't keep a clean sheet again, but you've got to take try and take some of the positives. It's not like you know Fleetwood at the bottom of the league and scored no goals or no points like another club in another league but um, <laughs> just thought I'd get it home uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, that's, not yeah. even, that's not even like you're being subtle there there's only one club in the entire city of Europe who've done that so, so uh, we can all guess that is Crystal Palace oh I don't know mate could be <laughs> I think uh, they said on the radio the other day they had to go 12 divisions below the conference to find another team who are doing as badly <laughs> it's like Sunday league it's going to say that even my five-a-side team back in the day never done that yeah <laughs> Uh, right. Yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> right, let's uh, uh, let's um, hear from Carl Robinson after yesterday's game. Don't forget, though, we want to hear from you guys. Email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at charltonlive. We want to know your feelings on the performance yesterday. Uh, first of all, the hat trick from Tariq Fossil. We will also uh, our player in focus this evening. We will focus on Nabi Sar. Uh, what have you made of his performances yesterday and in the cup game so far? Has the slate been wiped clean? And Abby, so that's all I know. But now we're going to hear from uh, Carl Robinson. Spoke to him after yesterday's win at Fleetwood. Carl, 3 1 win at Fleetwood today and a hat trick for Tariq Fossu. A very happy day? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think a uh, large part of our game today, very nice to watch. Um, 
we tried to play in a certain way. We looked very aggressive in certain stages. We listened to the first goal they scored. I took the blame for that. I'm asking my players to do the right things. OK, maybe it wasn't the right type of decision. But I thought all of our play, all the way from start to finish, we looked a very good team, a very solid team here. And listen, don't get it wrong, these are a good team. The young always to Bradford them perform like they did on Tuesday. You know how hard it's going to be. We've been preparing ourselves the last few days to come here. Having Reeves and Marshall on the bench, he gives us that bit of a kick-start, obviously. Um, and we're having four days off now because obviously we're good. we do have one of the smallest squads in the league. If you take our young players out of it, we have one of the smallest squads in the league. We're very compact, we're very tight um, with the fans, and, and, and that's, that's important. But when you take, like, if you look at our squad list and our programme, you take up, I think, the bottom eight out of it. They were all kids who have not even probably got half of the pains between them. We look very small in numbers, and we know that. If we can get to January and be in a competitive place, I've been told we can have a right good go and, and, and really build on what we're doing. Um, but at the moment, we've, we're in a good place. We've now got two weeks to the next game. We've got another in, we've got an, in, an, in, an internal game next Saturday. Um, and two very busy days towards the back end of the week as well. Four goals in a week for Tariq Fosu, including his hat-trick today. He must be so delighted with how he, how he started his yeah, job. Yeah, there's, there's no... He was brought in to be... An impact player for Marshy and for Reevesy and for Ricky and for Billy because he's so young with that lack of experience. But injuries have given that propelled him onto the, onto, the, onto the stage and he's been excellent. He really has and I can't ask any more from him. Just wonder if the competition with Reeves and Marshall coming back has maybe even pushed him a bit <laughs> further this week. Yeah, I think it does. I think it does. I think it pushes everybody. Um, I think even Ricky today went through the gears and was, was immense. Um, Billy Clark was excellent when he slipped. He, he sort of did his groin when he slipped in the corner. So, But it was pleasing. And I say it's three points. It's all it is. There's not more than that. But the pleasing thing is we come away from home now and score five goals and two games away from home. So when we go to ground, they know they've got to score more than one. And that's got to be our mentality. Outscore the opposition. Um, and today we've got we've done that. This is the first time that Fleetwood haven't scored at least two at home this season. You brought in Naby Sar to your defence today. His first start in quite a while for Charlton uh, in the, in the league. Um, he was impressive as well today. Yeah, listen, that's one area this year. We've got great players. No, no peers, no souls. Ez goes to right back. Naby comes into centre back, and they were brilliant. So I can't ask no more. Naby was he's been brilliant. I've this building. A lot of controversy surrounding him with, with what they paid for him and his poor performances and then he's gone away and not really done what he was meant to do. And he's come back in since day one and bought into everything that we're trying to do. And he really, really cares. He's now moved into a place here, he's starting to settle in South East London, which is nice, and hopefully he can kick on now. And you mentioned Marshall and Reeves. We saw a, a decent run out for Marshall, only about 10 minutes in the end for Reeves, but yeah. what, did, what did you make of their, their two points? Yeah, rusty. Rusty. Uh, Reeves not played a competitive game in the league since last season, so when you're probably talking, that's, that's a, what was it since the back end of April? So now now we're we're, we're creeping into into October. Um, so we know it's going to be it's difficult for him, but like I said, the most pleasing thing today is we've we've, we've won the game. Um, two draws looks better with a win at the end of it. If you get another draw, defeat them draws look a little bit more uh, sorry less less impressive. We're almost a quarter way through the season. A half time in the next game, you're a quarter way through the games. Um, and we're in a very, very good position. Finally, you mentioned Solly was missing today. Is there anything too serious for Chris? No, he'd be fit for it. That's why the game's called off next week because Sol's in fifth for next week. Pierce, obviously, won't be fifth for next week. Uh, Ez is called up. Jay's called up. So there's four out of the defence that we've got. Um, so we know we're, we're going to be short in certain areas and, uh, and obviously Josh McGuinness we can't play without him he's been immense as well so we feel we've got too many I, want, I wanted a player um, but when, all of a sudden once you get that opportunity I mean you'd be lost souls it was going to be a big loss to us well done today thank you very much thank you
Kasky, Holmes, Clark, lovely play. Clark brings the ball forward. He's got Holmes inside who he uses. Holmes, Holmes, Holmes! Holmes! Yes! What a goal! Charlton, Ricky Holmes on his left foot, brought the ball forward, continue with it, and fires in the back of the net. Charlton have their second. Holmes against his former side. Chatting live here on Maritime Radio. Excellent there to hear from Carl Robinson, a buoyant Carl Robinson after yesterday's 3 1 win at Fleetwood. Tariq Fosu getting the hat trick that earned us those three points. Some interesting stuff from Carl there. Uh, he repeated something that he's mentioned a few times now, this you know, possibly since the transfer windows closed. Uh, in, the, in the fact that he says if we're still in contention, then we're going to have a right good go in January in terms of transfers. Now, uh, when, when it's being brought up before, it's just something that we've mentioned, that we've heard it before under Bob Peters. Uh, we weren't right in contention and he got sacked. <laughs> so, uh, so I mean, what would you make of that potential uh, idea? Maybe even if it's a policy, would you make of that as a policy? Because you know, it didn't pay off last time, did it? Mm. Um, I can see the logic in it. Um, I think if, you, if you're flirting in around the playoffs, you're in your top six, top seven or whatever... And we're needing a couple of bodies. I think you they're, they're more likely to part ways part ways with the money um, trying to get that. Where it was if we were say like fifteenth, where you're not really going to be able to push or whatever. So I can understand the logic on it. Whether it happens or not, well, that's that's a whole different story, isn't it? But um, I can, I'm pretty sure what you'll be talking about is another striker. Yeah, but um, do you not think it's a risky policy? Like, should we not have had a right good go in the summer? I mean, and by a right good go, I mean we've had a we've we signed some decent players, but a right good go is being in a position where you don't have to say. I think we'll have a go in January, like is is having a go the whole season and not having to be in a position where you go, look, we've got a small squad, we've got a small squad. Yeah, I think you mentioned that quite a few times. Yeah, I think when you look at how much business we did do in the summer, in terms of he also spoke about how many people that were here that he didn't want here, so. He had a lot to get rid of and a lot to bring in. I think we got rid of pretty much everyone that was needed to. We got in a lot of people that we needed to as well. We we have missed two or three areas. It's it's annoying that we didn't go for it at that stage. But you know, given who our owners are, I don't think we can be hugely surprised. You've got to hope that they are being honest. And if we are up there, they are going to back him in, in January. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, and I think, again, that just more credit to Carl and to the current squad for doing what they're doing at the moment because it is still a small squad and yet we're doing very very well and we're competing up in those those top seven or eight places so yeah I obviously wish we'd have gone uh, further and, and bought those extra players now but the truth is we haven't um, this is the squad we've got and considering we've had two injuries to two of our biggest creative players since the start of the season I think we're doing alright the fact he keeps saying about the small squad, he says, he says, you know, if you take away the youth team players on the back of the program, then you'll see how s- small our squad is. Who, who's that a message for? Is that a message for us as fans to try and temper our um, expectations, or is it a message to, uh, you know, the, the two upstairs saying, "Wait, give me some more money"? Uh, I think it's a bit of both, but it's also the truth as well, though. So, I think it is probably some sort of subtle hint that he does need a bit more, but he knows that he's not going to be able to. He's not going to get the funds to go and. 
uh, to buy loads of players because they'll see the Roland likes the youth coming through to sell on, which we all know. He likes a small squad as well, though, which we all know. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So he's, he's always had that. So I can imagine he is trying to put a subtle hint in somewhere along those lines. But I think he's also trying to manage expectations of the fans as well. So, but which you know, he's being honest. I'd, I'd rather him be doing that than trying to dress something up. But, um, but don't forget, at the end of the the end of the summer transfer window, he was dressing up. He was saying that he was really happy with his squad, and mm. that's what, so he has changed his tune now after in the last few weeks. Uh, anyway, right, Albert Rossi says, I'm so pleased we beat Fleetwood. They are the worst team I saw at the Valley last season. I, I was interested by that because, I mean, oh. Fleetwood weren't at their best when they played us, maybe. Uh, they certainly weren't yesterday. I, didn't, I don't think they were. But they're, they're not a dreadful team. They, they went to Bradford and won 3-0 during the week. They're slightly below us in the table at the moment. But last season, they were in the playoffs. Hmm. Uh, and Uwe Ross is a, a, a decent manager, even if you don't like him. He's, he's, done, <laughs> he's done a very good job there. So, uh, so you know, uh, that's why I think if you put... Uh, that that win last week in context. I mean, they'd only lost once at home previously, and that was the, the last one against South End. Mm. Um, you know, it is, it is probably a, a fairly difficult place to go. And like I say, they've scored at least twice in every league game so far at home this season until yesterday. Yeah, I think look, the the job he did with them last season was was really impressive. And okay, they're not flying high at the top of the league now, but I would think they're going to be certainly a top ten side. Now, you know, judge for yourself whether you count a win against a top ten league one side as a good thing or not. The truth is, we've got to do that if we're going to go up this year. Um, it's one of the harder games. Our away record last season was obviously poor. Um, and then you look at the start of this season, what are we, 10, 10 or 11 games in? And we've beaten Roth- uh, Rotherham away, we've beaten Oldham away, we've beaten Fleetwood away. So I think, you know, we can be very pleased with our work so far. And yeah, as I say, that's why I was surprised the win came here and not against the likes of Berry or Gillingham. But to be honest, I'm not that fussed where they come so long as we get them. And, and it was a really good result. We had a tweet in from Roger Trask. He says, a really good performance yesterday. Also, I had a big shock waiting at Preston Station. Well done, Tariq. Now, I want to know what that big shock was. <laughs> Roger, uh, if you could help us. I think they met all the players. Yeah, because like, I, I did see some, players, pe- some people on Twitter met a few of the players on the train. Mm. And that was quite funny, actually, because uh, uh, my, my other half and my brother's other half saw on their phone that the players were on the train. And so they got out of their seats, walked up and down the entire length of the train to realise they're actually on a different train to the one we were on. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we're just going back through the tweets, we have one from Ill-Advised yesterday, who pointed out very well that our cashy back bet, 3-1, Tariq Fossu, first, first goal scorer. Unfortunately, we placed that last week. <laughs> um, uh, that was the one week for Berry. So we got exactly the right scorer mm. and exactly the right score, but unfortunately, just a week just out. A week we just yeah. have to do So, what have we done this week? We do next week. Or with the yeah. international break, maybe we'll catch up. Yeah, maybe we'll be in line. Yeah, we'll yeah, be in line up as well. Um, so, yeah, so the, let's uh, let's hear what other people had to say about yesterday's performance. Don't forget, you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at charltonlive. Coming up, we're going to speak about Nabi Sar also in the second half of the show. Uh, I'll, int- I'll introduce this feature now, actually, so you can all get your thinking caps on uh, and get ready to start sending tweets and emails in. Basically, we were asked uh, we were asked during the week uh, by Freddie Wells, he says, an idea after the success of the Legends United game the other day, uh, who from a, the Charlton side of the last 10 years, so I'm going to make the cut-off uh, since relegation from the Premier League until now, if we were to have another Legends game in 15, 20, 20 years' time or whatever, who from the last 10 years would you expect to be within that team so let us know at studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at charltonlive Freddie Wells' idea uh, but basically who would be at the next Legends game based on the last 10 years 
uh, worth of uh, of players. So let us know who you think uh, who you think should be in there. Right, the first email comes in as always from Mr. Chris Davin. Uh, good evening to you, Chris. I hope you're well. It says free one happy days. Well, please for Mr. Fossu pre Fleetwood. I was glad the international break was coming up uh, after our win today. It's a shame. Uh, that we aren't playing next weekend. That's a funny old game. I'm just, I'm just going off that. I mean, personally, I'm delighted because I'm knackered. <laughs> and we haven't had a weekend off all season yet. But um, in terms of the, the injuries we, we've just suffered now with Solly out, with uh, you know Clark coming off and all this, all, all, all that, I think I think it has come at a good time for us this break. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. I think PSC and obviously uh, Souls, like you said, and Reevesy and Marshall still coming back in. I think it's. We we probably could have fielded an eleven, but it would have been quite a weak one. So a and, weekend and, one, yeah. rather. Sorry, not yeah. weak. And you don't um, want to go without McGuinness no, at all, do you? No, exactly. So, and you know, we've, we might, we've got loads of Tuesday games. We might have shoved another one somewhere, won't we? <laughs> I mean, if we look at look at December, we played like three games in like yeah. two days or something, didn't we? So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm quite glad, really. Yeah. Um, Chris carries on. Says Uve said pre-match that he felt Charlton would get promoted and compared uh, squad size between us and them, stated he was a fan of Robertson and really rates him football best mates and very similar characters. Robertson talked up Fleetwood pre-match as he does every team we play, top or bottom, big or small. I expect to win at places like Fleetwood, and we did. It was an excellent performance, three quality finishes and defensively sound, apart from one blip, which was that soft goal conceded onwards and upwards. Hopefully we are back to winning ways. It's great to see Marshall and Reeves back. Hopefully Billy's injury is not serious he's been the unsung hero for us this season uh, Carl said it's something to do with his groin so mm. I guess over the next few days we'll find out how bad it is but like I say two weeks off now for a groin injury I'm not an expert but as long mm. as it hasn't fallen off like hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Jason Pierce's head. <laughs> um, uh, he said, it will be great to listen to a happy Charlton Live after the recent poor results. Special mention for George Lapsley, outstanding for the under-23s in the game versus Liverpool on Friday night. A Scotty, a Scotty Parker in the making. We will talk about that, that under-23s game that was uh, live on Valley Pass, if, if you guys could... Uh, can make it, but he's right. It's, not, it's nice to be back on on the winning trail after what's been a, a, a difficult couple of weeks, really, on the show as well. Yeah, it has, and and we started the season so well, and there was so much positivity around, which which we haven't had for so long. And I think I said, you know, we've been starved of it, and and people are obviously gonna take as much as they can from the positives. And we had that knock against Plymouth, but aside from that, and even that, the performance wasn't really that bad. We could have been three or four nil up in that first half, and. You know, we were beaten by the better team against Wigan. And then you go to Gillingham and try and put that right. And it was so disappointing. And then Berry, and then even Warsaw, you think you've snatched it. And then they score 12 seconds later. So it's the first real knock that this, this side's had this season. And OK, it's taken them a little while to put it right. But they've managed to do that. And 
as I say, hopefully put that little blip behind them, turned a corner and moving forwards, I think we can hopefully go into the, the next few games with a lot of confidence. Right, uh, next one's from Jim Dunn. says, hi guys, Ari Fleetwood. I think this was the most significant result of the season. We turned around a poor run with a great performance from the whole team. Saar's contribution was the biggest plus for me. He'll give the defence a real physical presence, which we've lacked this season. Marshall and Reeves making debut, org as well. Uh, Fossu's hat-trick may turn out to be a negative as we're bound to receive bids for him in the next transfer window. That's from Jim, who says he's nursing a hangover from celebrating his uh, retirement. So he's retired from his uh, many years of service as an ITN uh, cameraman. So well done, uh, Jim. All the best in whatever you're doing next. I presume it's uh, Jimmy Seed-related stuff. Yeah, he yeah. Said he's, I think he said he's going to bring up... I think there's something about a book or something. Yeah. I could be wrong. I mean, I mean, do, yeah, do, do you reckon um, he mentioned there about Fossey? Do you reckon all of a sudden we're going to start getting bids for him now? I mean, he was... Um, I'll say, like, my, my theory on, on when, when Fossu came in, and I always... You see the Reading fans going, oh, really, really sad to see him go. But I've always had the theory that your own youth team players, you big them up too much. So that's why I, I really wasn't expecting much from him at all. Mm. That's why I'm actually quite happy with how he's turned out. But, I mean... Before he came to us, he was very much an unknown prospect. I mean, he'd had, he had loans at League Two, I think, with Colchester. Mm. Um, do you think he's, he's catching the eye now? Do you think bigger clubs um, will be looking and thinking, oh, this guy's just got a hat-trick. He's got five goals so far this season. Is he is he the diamond in the rough that we need in the Championship, for example? Yeah, you, you, he'll probably, you know, after his recent form, um, you'll probably get some eyebrows raised. But um, if, I think for someone to come in and spend a bit of money, if if he carries on the form, then yeah. I mean, if he brings takes that into January, then I think no doubt there's going to be some some club sniffing about. But um, it, but well, it depends if Tariq wants to go as well, you know, because he's settled. You know, he's playing in first team football, which he's not really not really had even at Colchester. He was dabbling from the bench, wasn't he? So, um, but yeah, no, he's turned out really well. But if yeah, if he carries on his form, who knows? But hopefully. Um, he carries on his form and no one wants him. <laughs> <laughs> Who you want the best of both worlds? Not asking for much. <laughs> Samuel Spong says uh, uh, the uh, subject line of this email is strikers. He says, Charlton's lack of strikers will be the death of our season if we don't act now. Let's remember we own and pay both Jose and Betacole, but have had to put 12-year-old academy graduates on the bench throughout uh, through the sheer lack of depth. Are they the best players in the world? No, but they'll bring in much-needed competition and respite for our attacking players. Once again, this proves when you're part of a network, you'll always suffer from conflicting agendas that comes with the structure. I mean, we can't call these players back, in, I imagine, until January. I think that tends to be the ruling. Um, but, I mean, Jose and Vettikele are the two options he's given. Now, he mentions it's being part of the network. Now, I don't think this is a case of the network holding us back, personally, in the Vettikele situation, because he was knackered for us and he wasn't doing anything. And it's almost an easy out for us that we managed to get rid of him. Presumably, well, I don't really know how the finances will work. I don't think anyone will know other than those in charge. But presumably that's freed up in some way some sort of money for us as well. Yeah, you would assume so. I think when he was on his day in the, the early parts of that first season, that if we could guarantee that, I, I would have him back happily. But... As you say, we just we can't really. That's the problem. Um, as you say, I think it must have freed up money somewhere. Um, whether we can then get get rid of him permanently, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't see the network as big of an issue as it has been. And funnily enough, I'm just currently looking through some of our squads. Going back to that question, we're going to approach later. And when you look at some of the players that we've had throughout the last few years, as a result of the network, I think that at the moment it's we're in a better place than we have been for a long time under under this regime. So obviously it's still not perfect and, you know, the Jose signing looks like it was a bit of an error and 
Vettikele obviously didn't work out the way we all wanted, but on the whole, I think we're in a pretty pretty good shape. Mentioned a Jose there as well. I mean, uh, the, the reports coming out of the the northwester that he's had a bit of a bust up with uh, with Lee Clark at Berry, and he's not getting in the team. I think I haven't checked whether whether he was involved this weekend. But he hadn't been getting in the team before they came down to us uh, last week. But I mean, I mean, do you think he he'd add anything to this side really? Um. Well, I mean, if he did, then he'd probably be another still be, yeah. Yeah, yeah, be another it's, a, it's, it's another dimension. I mean, he's only played four games for Berry, so obviously it backs up that he's obviously had a, he's obviously not in the first team plans. He didn't play yesterday. No, and then but then Vettel scored ten in twenty games for St Truiden, so he's obviously back to his normal. But then we'll, if he comes back, that soon stop. But as we always do with strikers, but I mean, yeah, like you say, it's another option. You know, I mean, I I did like Nicky, but I just I just couldn't see him playing as a one. Mm, it just and didn't I, fit, and I couldn't see his work rate being good enough to be on the on the on the wing. So I can I can understand why he went, but like Lou said, it makes sense. It's another option if you want to chase the game, someone with a bit of pace, mm. go behind, you know, or you want to go four four two. But at the same time, Nicky wants to play, so you you can't. <laughs> That's ironic. Yeah, he's not, is he? But, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Albert Rossi says, "Why doesn't Carl uh, uh, Robinson bring back the two young strikers uh, who he has out on loan? Because the boy from Rangers, uh, Joseph Dodu, is is not good enough." Now, I mean, it's, it's, we ain't seen enough of Joe mm. Dodu, maybe to make a, a, a to form a full opinion on him. Uh, yeah, but it's early. It's early. So I try and hold back from forming a full opinion. You know, he did score against Oldham. Uh, we haven't seen much else from him though. Uh, but he's talking, I think he's talking about. So I'm trying to think. If we got, we've got Umera and we've got Hanlon, who both scored. Yeah, so Umera got his first ever senior goal yesterday for Wickham. Hanlon's scored a couple of times now uh, for Colchester. But again, when, when we've seen Hanlon and Umera in the first team, Umera we haven't seen him in the first team for a couple mm. of years. Hanlon we saw on a few occasions last year. They weren't really showing that they were ready yet, and I think they need these loan spells to be brought up to the, the level perhaps of, of, of league football yeah spot on I think it wouldn't be fair to have him here again and you risk run the risk sorry of going back into our old ways and throwing them in when they're doing underprepared a, doing and... a Joe Piggott basically yeah. because I mean remember we threw Joe Piggott in early and where is he now I'm going to see him playing for Maidstone against Bromley on Tuesday in the conference That's yeah what and it's just it's no good to their confidence at all um, it's just forcing them to play games when they're not really ready for it I think their loan spells if they go there and they bang in 10 or 15 goals then by all means bring them back and take a look next year but for me I think we need experience Joe Dodu uh, I, I haven't really seen enough of him to form an opinion um, and I guess that in some ways that's a good thing because it means McGuinness is in form and fit um, but if McGuinness was to get injured then he's going to need to step up I'm not sure necessarily he's the one that's going to be able to do that but Again, it's you know every week that goes past is a week closer to January, so we just got to hope that Josh can stay fit for as much of that time as we can. And as Carl says, if we are still up and around there come January, you would hope we can then go out and actually spend some decent money on a striker and perhaps shift the likes of a Jose and Vettikelli on permanently. Uh, F. James uh, says it's very good all-round performance yesterday. However, our defence needs to stop leaking goals. Very confident though we will be in the championship with a fully. Uh, fit squad and happy attitudes there's only one direction and that's up I'm not on any meds either maybe that, maybe that's why I think <laughs> no, I'm joking um, yeah I mean uh, that is the only point I guess people are going to like say mention the defending now the amount of goals we have conceded this season I and mean, Carl's you know 
put his cards on the table and said we're going to score more than than we concede. That that's the that's our aim, but it obviously allows for a lot of con- concession of goals. And um, is that a, a tactic that can get us into the playoffs, scoring a lot but conceding a, a few as well? Well, yeah, I suppose you can, but you're going to need more than one striker, aren't you, to do that? I think you're going to need to. Even though the the spread of goals it seems a lot more even this year, which is good, but um, I don't really, um, I don't feel too comfortable with a, with a with a score more than you. I still think you need to have a solid base because um, I think if you if you're shipping goals, you, I don't think you're going to make the top six. But with how how uh, many men we like to commit forward mm. to, to get those more goals than the opposition, we're always going we are always going to concede, I guess. Yeah. So that is that, I guess, is the danger, and that mm. put, puts a lot of pressure on the, on the striking players as well. So when you do get a game like I don't know, you know, uh, the the Gillingham game, for example, where we're not scoring, then all of a sudden it only takes that one goal where you've pushed forward and there's spaces at the back, and then then you've lost the game. Yeah, and I think what's a bit more reassuring is obviously Berry. They score, we score. Um, Fleetwood, they get back in the game. We go on and win it, and. Early on in the season, we'd obviously gone behind to Plymouth and and lost, and went behind to Wigan more recently and lost. And you start to worry. And actually, in these games, okay, the other teams are scoring, but we're back to scoring more again. And uh, we, are, I'm sure, we are going to have those little down bits. And I'm sure they're working on, you know, ways of combating that on training. Whether it's forced to Kasky and Kashi sitting a bit deeper to let the fullbacks push on, which I think is the the way the formation should work anyway. But obviously, forced to Kasky gets forward himself as well. So. I think they just need a bit more communication and a bit more, right, I'm going to go, but you, you guys are going to stay. And maybe then, you know, an extra body back, we can be a bit more protected against the counter-attacks. But look, while we keep scoring and we are going to get goals from a lot of places this season, it's, OK, it's sometimes a bit nervy, but it is exciting to watch. And on the whole so far, it's working. Uh, Roger did clarify he did, he did meet the players at, at Preston Station uh, he said they were on the 1901 train out of Preston the players were sitting in Coach B with some Gillingham supporters ironically Jules I think were up at Blackburn we had some Gillingham fans on our train up there uh, and he sent us a, a couple of photos of uh, I assume that's his missus with uh, with some of the players which is nice to see and uh, uh, well, there's another point actually I don't know if you guys would have seen this tweet go around I only sort of stumbled across it but um uh, you know, I've always found that the squad and the, and the players always very good photos, that sort mm. of thing. But there was a, a good one yesterday from a, a disabled supporter who um, uh, sort of said he was he was in his, his wheelchair and he'd fallen over somehow backwards and banged mm. his head. And he said that Carl Robinson made a point of coming over to check he was okay and to chat with him and to shake his hand. And it just shows. Um, I think Carl's quite good at this at this sort of stuff, like um, de- dealing with fans and and being a, a nice and genuine bloke to them. But that was uh, obviously another thing he's done. That was nice yesterday. Yeah, no, um, he did mention it in his um, post-match as well, didn't he? So I, I think I yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure, unless yeah, I imagine it. Yeah, but um, I mean, it happened the other week as well. Didn't Josh McGuinness give his shirt because he hit someone? Yeah, in the Warsaw. Yeah, someone got smacked in the wall in the uh, warm-up at Warsaw, so he gave him his shirt as well. Yeah, so it's nice that you know they know they notice those sort of things because it could be a lot worse. And you know, like we had the situation up at Berry a couple of years ago with Rojo. So, <laughs> <laughs> really chalk and cheese, really. But um, <laughs> just had me and you off put a Tom on it. We described the other day. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, so it is nice from Robbo to uh, just so you notice those little things. Yeah, right. We got an email from Mark Cox. He said, "At last, a result to be proud of. This is how we should be dealing with teams like Fleetwood. Let's hope." 
that we finally turned the corner. Right, thank you for your emails on yesterday's game. If there's anything else you guys want to add, you can email studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at charltonlive. There's still plenty of stuff to talk about on tonight's show. We're going to chat about the women's team in a couple of seconds very briefly. Uh, and then also we want to know, Freddie Wells' idea was, uh, if we were to have a Legends game again in 15, 20 years' time, who from the last 10 years... Of, uh, of playing, would you invite to, to play in that? Uh, so you can tweet us at Charlton Live, email studio at charltonlive.co.uk for that. And finally, player in focus tonight, Nabi Sar. We're asking, is this slate going to be wiped clean for Nabi Sar after his you know disappointing performances uh, when he was first uh, you know brought into the team a couple of years ago and then he was out on loan last year at Red Star Paris? Uh, but he's come back this year. Carl's Carl appears to have, you know, wiped the slate clean. He says what's happened before he came here doesn't matter anymore. It only happens what's it only matters what's happening now. Uh, so we want to know as supporters, have you wiped the slate clean with Nabi Sam? What have you made of his performances so far uh, this season, including his first league start in 21 months yesterday? Let's have a quick break here on Channel Life. We'll be back in 30 seconds. Superbly well to win it off of uh, Maloney and now set up a Hearn Grant on the left hand side of the penalty area. A Hearn Grant, little step over, ball back across, oh, behind everybody. It's going to be picked up by Forster Kasky on the other side of the penalty area. Forster Kasky, left foot shot, oh, what a goal! Oh, what a finish! Oh, oh, oh. what a belter from Jake Forster Kasky to absolutely round off a glorious afternoon for the Addicts. Welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Uh, still half an hour. In the last half an hour of tonight's show, we're going to discuss, like I say, Nabi Sars, our player in focus. I want to know what you've made of his performances this year. Also, the uh, legends, the imaginary legends game we're going to have in 10, 15, 25 years. Who had the last 10 years of performances? do you think should be invited to that? It's basically out of the, uh, you know, since we got relegated from the Premier League, basically, who would be the legends for you? Uh, I'm sure we can all think of a few. Right, today the women's team have once again won a league game. They've won seven out of seven at the start of this season, which is an incredible record uh, for Ritesh and his team. Um, Charlotte Gurr was the uh, the hero today. We got a, a hat-trick from Tariq Fosu yesterday and a hat-trick from Charlotte Gurr today. Now, th- now, this is an impressive way to get a hat-trick. All three of them, free kicks. All in the first half, all curled, in, uh, curled into the roof of the net. Uh, how about that for a, for a hat-trick? It's not bad, is it? So a yeah. perfect hat-trick and then a hat-trick of free kicks. Mm. It's a pretty good weekend for yeah. the club, I'd say. In, in terms of hat-tricks, like the, 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 you get hat-tricks in the women's team quite a lot because they're, they're a very high-scoring team. But I was just thinking, like, I mean, Charlton have had three hat-tricks in the men's team this calendar year mm. uh, in the form of McGuinness uh, against Bristol Rovers. You had uh, Ricky Holmes away at Shrewsbury and they had Tariq Fosu yesterday. I mean, are we a team that specialises in hat-tricks all of a sudden? Is, is Clive Mendon Bonkers spirit living on. It appears to be, yeah. I remember, was it Sordell's a few years ago or someone's? And then they were doing the rounds about when we last scored a hat-trick before that. And it was like years and years yeah. ago. But then that season we had Sordell and Harriet within yeah. the space of a few weeks yeah. as well. And now this season again, we've oh sorry, this calendar year we've had another three. So yeah, we seem to enjoy doing that. But, yeah, I'm not going to complain. And another great result for the women as well, which yeah, we spoke to, spoke to them last week as well. And just... 
same old. I think uh, Ritesh won Manager of the Month, didn't he? I think. I oh, saw, did he? I didn't see that. I think that. I saw that yesterday. Yeah. 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 So, um, well, yeah, fantastic. I, so I wouldn't them. be surprised about that at all. But yeah, it's a, so it's a long journey away to, to Cardiff today. A three-one uh, victory in the end leads the uh, the ladies atop the league as you'd expect. Now they are going to be playing at the Valley uh, on. Wednesday, October the 11th. Now, all three of us are thinking of going down, uh, which will be a good one. Uh, it's against West Ham as well, so it's a bit of a London derby. So that's going to be on Wednesday, October the 11th, kick-off 7.45pm, so a week on Wednesday. Mm. Uh, and uh, honestly, I, I know that they play on a Sunday down at Thamesmead. If you can't get down to Thamesmead, but you can get to the value on a Wednesday evening, I mean, I'd definitely recommend it. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to be here, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Because really, I've said I'm going to go to Thamesmead, and I just every week comes around and I don't for whatever reason, so... Yeah, no excuse for not getting to that one because it's just round the corner from my house. So mm. I'll be here. Be a bit of a bigger test as well, West Ham, won't it? Mm. I think mean, they're flying at the moment, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, just, just absolutely running away with it. I think last time they played here, they enjoyed it. So um, mm. yeah, obviously a, a massive buzz for those players as well. Hopefully, another hat trick of free kicks. That'd be <laughs> yeah. nice, isn't it? Well, I'd expect at least a hat trick now uh, <laughs> from, from Charlotte. She's one of the new signings in the summer. She scored when I went down to watch them play against Lewis on the first day of the season. Uh, and yeah, obviously another another decent signing there by Ritesh. Uh, I mean, if if you start off the the season with seven wins, you've got to fancy yourselves to finish in that in that top position now, haven't you? Same as if you start your season with seven defeats and not even scoring, yeah. you probably assume you're going to get relegated. It's, it's so nice. That? It's, it's nice to know that the Charlton women are the complete opposite of the Palace <laughs> men, which yeah. they are in every way. Yeah. Uh, right. Also, uh, here at the Valley on Friday night. Now I couldn't get down because I was out for Nando's, uh, but it was the uh, the under twenty threes in the Premier League Cup against Liverpool. Uh, a Liverpool team that had a 100% record before the season started uh, but Charlton came away with a one and, and they included Danny Ings which is a, you know, a Premier League experienced player but Charlton came away with a one or draw an excellent result Yeah, um, I tweeted on Friday just, just to put it into context the, the level of the opposition you looked through their recent even to last season their form was just win, 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 win and you had it was Man City, Arsenal, Spurs, Chelsea so yeah, I mean, um, and Lapsley put a tweet out later in the night to say, you know, uh, it was they were disappointed they didn't even get the three, the three points. And you had a, you've got a couple of good Liverpool players in there, and you've got I don't know Cameron Brannigan, I think there's one of them, Harry Wilson. So yeah, it looks like they was tested, and um, it looks like we come out with some um, some good positives. And I think there's there's a bit with Jason on the website on Valley Pass about mm. the go after the game as well so yeah good little result for it the under 23 it was Tariq Anderson who got the goal for Charlton that, that mm. had them 1-0 up after 35 minutes uh, Liverpool equalising through, through Harry Wilson just before the break and then uh, like I say held on for a, a point uh, throughout the game and now the, the email from Chris Davin mentioned George Lapsley he said he's a, he's a Scott Parker in the making I mean, he's a Charlton supporter uh, Lapsley, he's um, obviously we all saw his, his first goal in, in his first uh, ever senior team appearance in the Checker trade. Uh, check yourself or you wreck yourself away at Crawley. Uh, I mean, is that a player you've got your eyes? Is that someone you've got high hopes for in the future? Um, why not? I mean, he's had his taste for it now, and hopefully it will drive him on as because he's quite a driven player anyway. So it will drive him on to try and get back. But he's obviously got. As well as the first team, you've got Joe Rebo, not really had much, too much. You've got Charles Cook in there, so he's got a lot of work to do to get above those guys, but anything can happen. But if he keeps putting in the performances on the under 23s, then I can't see it being too long until he's involved. But like you said, we've got two tre- checkered trade trophy things coming up in November, so he might even get a start there if he keeps going, and hopefully it does. Excellent stuff. Right, um, is, there, is there any other players in, in the 23s at the moment, Tom, that sort of caught your eye? Uh, he's he's the main one for me. Um, Archie Edwards at full yeah, Archie right Edwards as well. would have been the other person. I, Taylor I Maloney, we've seen. 
Yeah, um, Lapsley, in the few three or four times I've seen him, he's always stood out. Um, I think I've said before, and I think I've read somewhere that when you're a youth player and you've got bright blonde hair, you tend to stand out anyway and get picked just because of that. So, <laughs> but uh, I've read that. <laughs> no yeah, one told me that when I was growing That's why Dan Petrescu died dad, dad but, uh, died his hair, didn't he? <laughs> All of them died in blonde, so they got picked. You're the Romanian team. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, his performances have been brilliant. And, and as you say, getting his goal for the first team as well, it'd be great to see him come through the ranks and yeah. be that Scott Parker type figure but that whole team just seemed to be such a solid mm. unit and just doing well again yeah Taylor Maloney is another one and we saw uh, like he also played in that game but Crawley came off the bench so if you, if you go if you find him on Twitter um, and, and go through his timeline there's a tweet he, I think he retweeted or someone, someone to put up the video of the two goals he scored for Charlton under 23s away at Crew. Uh, and they were both absolute weldies. I mean, it was a, there was a free kick straight out of the Charlotte Gerbuk uh, curled into, in, into the into the top corner, and then another one that he spanked from about thirty yards out, just just sort of running with the ball and put put that into the top corner. So two um, excellent goals there, and certainly worth a look if you can track them down. Like Let's have another quick break here on Charlton Live, just so we can set up our next feature. Uh, I think it's time to we're going to talk about the uh, the imaginary legends game we're going to have in the next ten, fifteen, twenty five years. <laughs> Into the box, it's a flick off from beginning. Yeah! Yeah! Oh, Charlton grabbed the equaliser. I think it could have been Bauer on the line, but McGuinness's initial header. And quite how we've done it, I've no idea, but Charlton are back on level terms. Welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. I've just been tagged on a uh, post on, on Facebook, actually, from Seb Lewis, who uh, was keen to point out that I, I was in the programme yesterday, the Fleetwood programme. Finally, I'll chat. The, the guy who, who'd emailed me, the Fleetwood press officer, turns out that he knows Stedman quite well, the former Charlton Live man, uh, Alex Stedman, because he's a Crawley Town fan. So just through him, he knew he knew of me, and so that's why he asked me. But there was some, two glaring errors in the programme, which I like to put my hands up and say was not me. <laughs> All right, so the first one, it says, uh, it says that I'm talking about tonight's game. I didn't write that. I didn't write the introduction. And also, there's a bit in the answer about McGuinness, where basically it said... Um, the idea was he's supposed to say the amount of goals he scored, but I'd written it before we played Walsall. So I just put in capital letters, goals, sent it to them. And then after I said, right, he's, I've got the amount of goals now, it's four. Please change it to four. They didn't do it. So I look like an idiot. <laughs> uh, so just Josh McGuinness goals? Yeah, Josh McGuinness. To, to, <laughs> like to, to add to the goals he scored this, <laughs> this year. <laughs> so, so I'd like to, Accurate report. Yeah, I'd like to... Well, he has scored goals. There's no denying that. I mean, it's not wrong. X. X it's, yeah, goals. it's not wrong. It's just... Well, it is wrong. <laughs> so there you go right um, we had a good uh, tweet during the week I think I was already at Warsaw actually when, when we received this tweet from Freddie Wells on Tuesday uh, but he wanted to know uh, as an idea and it's a good idea so I thought we'd use it uh, if we were to have a Legends game within the maybe within the next 20 years or so who from the previous 10 years would be involved because obviously we had our Legends United game uh, in aid of the Community Trust it was an excellent day a, a couple of weeks ago and we saw I mean I saw some of my favourite players of all time playing in that game Mendonca you know obviously Chris Powell Ryderson uh, I mean, 
there's too too many to list. I've done it too many times, and I'll start crying again. But um, uh, but if we were to have one in say 10, 15, 25 years, who who are the youngsters growing up now who are in in their teens who'd be you know thinking about the players they they've grown up watching? You know they they weren't as lucky as as us to to get to watch Charlton in the Premier League uh, in their youth. But I mean we've still had some great moments over the last ten years or so. I mean and and obviously brought to you by some great players. So if you had to pick Tom and Nate from the last ten years, it would be on your list. Well, we found f- we've we got four obvious yeah. ones, the glaring, glaringly obvious four, and the others we're sort of struggling with. So I mean, I don't know if anyone else can help us out. So we got who do we have? We had Solly, Solly Jacko, Kermagant, and Wright Phillips. Yeah, Wright Phillips. So you got nothing else from it. Well, well we, we I, have, I mentioned Hamer like... and Elliot maybe as keepers. Mm. You could argue maybe Waggy. Um, Never rated him. Morrison, Cousins. <laughs> yeah. Then the likes of Samido and Bailey at the time were legends. Yeah. And then look what happened. Bailey yeah. lost his penalty so and Samido yeah. kissed the other badge. I think it's so. all dependent on everyone's... Scraping a barrel. Really. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it depends on everyone's interpretation of a legend, though. Yeah. 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 So we can very, say good very players. Very loose interpretation in some cases. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was, look, I was looking at players that have been here for you know at least two or three years and had some sort of connection with the fans. Or like Bailey was captain of the club, but... Mm. You compare someone like Bailey to someone like Kinsella, like there's just no, no comparison really, is there? So big Mig, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we, we are scraping. Yeah. Uh, Roger Chask has uh, Roger Chask has come straight in with a tweet that says, "Legends game, it's got to be Roger Johnson." I mean, just because he's got the same first name as you, Roger, I'm afraid that <laughs> unless Roger Trask is actually Roger Johnson, <laughs> but that I mean, that, I mean, there's, I mean, that is a very loose, de- loose definition of the word legend there, <laughs> but Sebo. Uh, who is an expert on, on the subject, of course. There's a Legends game uh, in 10 years from players in their last 10 years, Jan and pretty much the rest of the team managed by Powell. I mean, mm, that, that is where most people are going to go. Yeah, well, look, yeah. look at that, that team that won that won League One. Because uh, you're not going to get many from the team that got relegated from the Championship. No, I, mean, I don't think no. Kelly Yuga's rocking up. Um, uh, no. uh, Garmi Head Chef. Uh, sorry, no, that's, uh, that's from uh, Navi Sar. We'll, we'll save that. Uh, Klaski Kaski says, Razor Kuchanajad. Um, yeah, that's another very loose definition of the word legend and Roger Johnson together yeah those two yeah well those two <laughs> alleged, ride, allegedly they? had a bit of a, yeah. a set two at Huddersfield after Razor allegedly seemed to get himself sent off <laughs> uh, <laughs> well he certainly got sent off but did he do it himself yeah at least Roger uh, used nice language yeah he, I mean did you notice that the Reza Gutchanajab was in the news this week yeah um, about uh, yeah so basically um, Donald Trump uh, just, uh, with his uh, travel bans and whatnot, um, at, for a little while it seems like he's allowed in now anyway uh, banned Rezegu Chanajad uh, from going to America to see his um, his his wife and and her family, which was obviously you know very dis- disappointing to to read and, and a shame for Reza. But then uh, the Sun Sun Sport <laughs> described him as Cholton Star. I was like, come on, lads! There you go. So I mean, he will I know, be here in twenty I'm, years. Yeah, now. I know. Must say they got loads of research yeah. out on that one. I mean, I mean that is like I say, that is the definition <laughs> of fake news. That is yeah. Donald, when Donald's talking about fake news, he's talking about the time Sun Sport mentioned that Reza Chanajad was a Cholton Star. Uh, Albert Rossi. Now Albert Rossi's got one that I would put in. Now he said Andy Reid. Um, he said Darren Bent as well but he doesn't quite make the criteria because he was here before mm. we got relegated yeah. from the Premier League but don't forget Andy Reid was still here in, for that first year in the Championship so was Matt Holland was yeah it? Matt Holland so, I mean Matt Holland I mean, he, get him back he, yeah he qualified fortune. for both legends oh, going Matt, fortune with Matt Holland and Jacko in the middle the pace Jesus <laughs> 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 sit behind the ball lads yeah. that's what we're doing the London Indigeese says some of the legends at the other, at the game the other the legends game the other week weren't exactly legends like Jamie Stewart and stuff which is probably probably arguably fair but I've got a good old list from uh, uh, Mark Newbury here uh, it says if you really want to fill the valley here are some suggestions on who to invite Jimmy Ford has on his arse has filled the valley on his own oh, uh, uh, I mean he's, he's broken a few of the rules here Jimmy Traore doesn't count uh, Martin Craney another one you could forget 
Uh, Roger Johnson, <laughs> Simon Jordan. I don't remember him playing actually. Simon Jordan. I think he was a chairman of a, a football yeah. league, a football club. who's not scored a single goal this season. If we're, yeah, we're, yeah, I that, think that might be the case. Yeah. Who's yeah. The, Palace is that maybe yeah, Crystal yeah. Palace? Freddie would know. Um, Alan Pardew <laughs> uh, and our beloved owner Roland. He said, "I don't want to see them playing, but I'm more than I'd be more than willing to scream abuse at them for ninety minutes." <laughs> I think plastic pigs and taxis would be the least of their problems. Um, so I, I just want to throw another name into the mix, Simon Church. Oh no way! If you're throwing him in, no, throw leave it alone. So. <laughs> leave Overstand alone. Yeah. No, he's not coming okay. in. So, uh, I mean, who, who do you think from the current team? So the team right now Holmes. in ten, fifteen years will be considered a legend. Is going Ricky Holmes? Yeah, Ricky all probably. day. Jack, yeah. Jacko probably. Yeah, Just obviously, Jack, going. Jacko's definitely <laughs> solid. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, all right. And so here's another one. Who on the current team who we're just getting to see now? Do you think could? Uh, ob- uh, obtain legend status in the next couple of years I mean do you think someone like Josh McGuinness if he stays here for another three or four years continues what he's done so far this season yeah it, it's a big if I mean, you, yeah, if you, you've got to talk about characters as well and he's a good yeah. character and it, you know if he scores enough goals to promote us to the championship and then has a couple of seasons with us where he does well there then comparatively where we are at the moment you'd have to say that that goes down as one of the most important players of this this part of our history Um you know, when we compare to that Legends game, when you've got people like Jason Yule who's banging in goals in the Premier League, none of the players now have got the chance to do that. So we do have to compare slightly differently. But yeah, he's got a chance. You look at some... What's difficult is you look at someone like Esri Konza, got the chance to be here for, what, 10 years and be a massive part of our history. But realistically, that where we are now, someone's going to come along and snap him up in a year or two. So he doesn't really get that chance to do it. Um, yeah. Roger Trask says, how about Morgan Fox? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I'd say so. Yeah. But um, yeah... But I'd say that we are sort of scraping the barrel. Captain yeah. uh, Black Addict says Fraser Richardson is a very classy right back and a big miss once guy. he's left. Yeah, he, was, he, was, he was a decent enough he was a player. Good player yeah. uh, right, let's have a quick break. After the break, we are going to talk about Naby Sarr. He is our player in focus this week, and I think this is going to be a very interesting discussion. <laughs> Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio and it's time for our player in focus. We've done this pretty much every week. Last week we've done Tariq Fosu actually. Uh, so and anyone has got a hat trick, so you are welcome. That's all I can say. Get your money on Saar for yeah, two weeks. Cash yeah. you back. Free nil Saar hat trick. Yeah, right. So <laughs> the player in discussion this week, and I think this is I think this is going to be the most interesting player in focus we've done yet because Nabi Saar, when he was here two years ago, was a figure of ridicule, a figure of hate. He was a figure of everything that was wrong with this regime. Uh, he's disappeared for a couple of... Uh, for Well, basically, the last time... I was looking up... The last time he played for us in the season that, he, that we did buy him was actually the Cup game at Colchester, and that was on January the 2nd or January the 3rd or something like that. For the rest of that season, he didn't even turn out on the bench. 
Mm. We never saw him after that. So, I mean, he was shunned. He was completely thrown out of the picture. He went on loan last season to Red Star Paris. Didn't seem to play much there. Uh, in fact, according to uh, Carl Robinson in his interview yesterday, he said he didn't do what he was what was expected of him in Paris last year. So we all had completely written him off. And then when he came back into the picture at the start of this season, you know, in pre-season, everyone was like, what the hell is he doing here? Mm. Like, why is he here? But, you know, he, he looked okay in pre-season. I think... Uh, still had a couple of Nabi Saresk mistakes in him, and that's why uh, you've got to be careful, I think, with the way we are talking after one game. Uh, but he's, he's looked all right in cup games, and he looked very, you know, looked decent yesterday up at, up at Fleetwood. Could have had a goal, looked calm on the ball, won pretty much everything in the air. Uh, on more than one occasion, skilled up a couple of players as well, which was always a heart-in-the-mouth moment, but he pulled it off with, with no problems whatsoever. Uh, so the question I've asked is, are you ready to wipe the slate clean with Nabi Saar, Nath? Yeah, I mean... When, 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 when we bought him and he's coming from Lisbon you think you know he's got some sort of pedigree well, and he's then, playing in the Champions League yeah but so is Jimmy Traore yeah, and, and then you see the guy and you're like wow this geezer's like a beast he's going to be like an absolute machine And very tall isn't he yeah and then I see him a couple of games and I, I don't know if it was um, I think we played at home I don't know if it was a Blackburn game or Huddersfield I can't remember but it was just a bit risky and you knew there was a mistake in him so I was like well maybe not then he went out and he's come back. And I'm willing to give him a chance, but I look, like you, I think he's probably he's quite good on the ball, but I just think there's a mistake in him and that's the only thing that worries me. Mm. But he's got aerial present, which we're we're probably lacking at the moment. Even though Paddy's not a slouch, but I just think he'll give us that something different. But I'll, yeah, I'll give him. I'll wipe slate clean. Everyone deserves that. Tom, what do you reckon? Yeah, for me, I think, I'm not going to say I always thought he was going to be a good player because when we first got him, he seemed to have those mistakes in him. But, Forget it. He was, what, 21, 22? Another very young player. And he hadn't played a huge amount for sport in Lisbon. Or was it Leon he was at before then? So he'd only got a handful of appearances between those two. So this has been a big learning curve for him, really. He's probably, I don't know how many games he played on loan last year, but he's probably not far off. You know, the most appearances he's had for one club will be Charlton soon. And that shows how little football he's really played. Um, I think like you've both said he's got a mistake in him but I think on the whole he's a he's a as Nave says a big aerial presence and I think he when he is on the ball he, he looks quite calm and collected and I think he's got something to offer this team I think as you say he he represented everything that was wrong with the club in terms of the ownership and, and the, the, the sheer the sheer amount and, of money we spent on him like, and, if you if yeah. you remember it was undisclosed it was a five year deal wasn't it yeah sure. it was undisclosed at this end but I think there was a Portuguese like paper or something that, that put it the price in euros I'm trying to remember what it was but I've got a feeling it was something, something like maybe well over one maybe even near two million euros which mm. was unbelievable at the time yeah so I think he represented a lot of bad things and he had to deal with all of that that pressure and he was in a, a not very good team it wasn't like he was the one issue around that and this season he's come back played his way into the team and as I say on the whole has performed very well so for me he deserves a fresh start and, mm. and yeah I wish him obviously want him to do well I remember seeing him in pre-season I think uh, away at Dover so obviously with him in the team now I'm keeping my eye on him very closely away yeah. at Dover and, and and he was putting in, probably putting a very similar performance to what he did yesterday quite calm winning Distribution was okay, but it just—I think once or twice the ball's come at him, and he's got his feet modelled up and, yeah. and made a mistake. And I think that's why I'm—I'm I'm happy with how he performed yesterday. That's, that's always going to be the back of my mind. Yeah. I think—I think he's capable of that. He's Very, definitely got that in him. He's definitely got that in him. I mean, because I, I was talking to uh, someone—I can't remember who—after the game yesterday. I was saying, I was saying, I was, I was talking about. Look back to there was a performance when he was here last time. I think it was a game we lost quite heavily, three 0 which I think was against Brentford. But he actually played quite well. Uh, and I remember saying that he has—he's 
he's got that in him where he can do the fairly standard stuff quite well, but then he di- he dived in for one, missed it, and we conceded from it. And that's mm. why like he can look quite comfortable and then just have a mistake in him. And I think that's what I'm still wary about. But like I say, yesterday and so far this season, he's looked good. Um, and and let, you know, let's hope it continues because we do need backup at, at that at that place, especially now that Jason Pierce is going to be out for a while. So uh, so let, let's hope that it continues. Uh, London Nikiza, the first one in on the Saar stuff, says not sure if Saar was ever that bad in his first run at Charles. Just his mistakes always seem costly, and that song uh, doesn't help. Obviously, he's re- referring to the ridiculous sexist song. Uh, that involves Katrina as well, and uh, not not a fan of that song personally. But anyway, uh, here we go. So let's. Uh, I've asked you guys uh, for your uh, opinions on uh, on Naby Sar. He's our player in focus this year. Uh, the question I asked is: Are you ready to wipe the slate clean? And plenty of people have had their say on this because it's an interesting subject. Uh, Super Clive Billy Hendricks says, "Why not? I'd rather a decent Sar in the squad than a bad one. It can only benefit us." Uh, Craig Redmond says, "If he's wearing the shirt, then I will back him." Lewis says, "If he's improved, then why not?" It was one of our if it was one of our academy players, people would give him loads of chances because he's a network signing. Uh, I don't really mean network, but you know, you know what he means. He's bad in people's minds, and that's all uh, he will ever be. Uh, when he he should be getting a lot more credit when he does. Uh, so yeah, I mean, and that Good is point. the point. That's fine. I've, I've said you know, um, academy players. I mean, they tend to get more chances, but at the same time, look at Morgan Fox. He wasn't given much of a chance, was he, by anyone? So. So you could argue that he wasn't, but yeah, he, he is. I know, I know what you mean, Lewis. When you call him a network signing, he wasn't signed from the network, but he was signed by a guy who's on a foreign player. That sort of signing, I know exactly what you mean there, mate. Uh, AMCFC said, "I didn't realise he was 24 years old because he's 24 years old. He needs to push on now and cement a first team place, either here or somewhere else." Uh, Matt Gainsford said, "Yeah, it's not his fault that he was bought for a ridiculous fee on a ridiculously long contract at the time when he wasn't ready by an incompetent." Owner Sparky, who was there yesterday, says, uh, most definitely, I thought he played very well yesterday. Uh, Tim Smith says, would much rather see Konza get the chance. What do you think about that? Um, yeah, but then it means with Solly out yesterday, it means we would have had to put Jick still at right back, which we could have done, but, you know, we're playing our team away from home. So, um, but I think it, I think Sar probably deserves his chance as well, you know. I think, like we've said, if we're going to give him... If we're going to sit here and slate him, at least we'll give him some... Because how many games he plays? He's only played in the Czech trade, doesn't he? he hasn't yeah, played Czech trade, I think, in the, the League Cup away mm. in Norwich and Exeter. So. Yeah, so he's not even played at home yet, so a lot a lot of people might not have seen him. Mm. He's not played at home this season, I mean. But Yeah, yeah so um, he's always going to split opinion, and I think it's a bit... I feel a bit sorry for him in a way, because it's... Mm. It's not really his fault that he was bought for that yeah, fee, no, even though his performances probably yeah. weren't good enough. But at the same time, like Carl said, he didn't do what he should have been yeah. doing last year. But I mean, Carl's done something to get him back on side this year, and that's important. Mm. I think you know Carl's man management of that situation seems to have, have paid off really. Klaski mm. uh, Kaski says yes, he has earned the right to his second chance. Come back a different player in the summer. He looks quality so far for League One. Uh, Reese says yes, I wasn't there yesterday, but Crawley and Exeter, he was he was quality and in the friendlies too. He's consistent and so much more solid now his tackling and distribution has been class I don't think Bauer's been great so far so if Saar keeps it up he could or perhaps should start over him when Pierce returns that's in, in Reese's opinion I mean uh, he's, he's certainly going to put a bit of pressure on Bauer now if he, if he plays well in, in this little space where he, where he gets a chance yeah definitely and I think uh, just on that last one as well about Konza I think for me Konza in holding midfield or at right back is better anyway so yeah he's going to put that pressure on I think you know, we've talked about how much we think Bauer and Pierce as personnel, we're very happy with them, but the reality is they've conceded a lot of goals between them, so having one or two others that can push 
push those people and you know can step in like Saar did yesterday I think is is no bad thing we've seen the same with Fosu and the competition for places up there and how that's made him perform so yeah I've got no problem with it at all uh, Danning says uh, yes I have wiped the slate clean he struggled with his first season in England it happens come back looking a different player and Michael Davis was very succinct and to the point uh, and he just says no uh, he does not wipe the slate uh, clean for Naby. So a couple of emails on the same subject. The first one's from Mark Cox. It says, by all accounts, it sounds like Saar was a bit of a star yesterday. Uh, which he, well, yeah, he was fine. He was good. He, he played well. Uh, and Bob Knight says, hi, being able to watch the game yesterday on iFollow, I think that the bigger guys at the back, Saar, especially in Konza, stood up uh, and stopped us being bullied. Saar won every header and made time on the ball uh, and looks a different player from when he was here last time. We merited our win we need a natural goal scorer up front and McGuinness is not the answer. Okay, so we're going to segue, I think, from uh, Saar to McGuinness there. McGuinness has already scored four this season uh, according to the Fleetwood programme and also scored <laughs> twice against uh, against San Marino for Northern Ireland. I mean, do, do you think, do you agree with Bob there that he's not the answer for a, a prolific goal scorer? I mean, he did miss a couple of the chances yesterday. Yeah, I mean... We have this conversation every week yeah, whether he scores or not. I think, I mean, I think he is. But. Yeah, I think, he, I think he, uh, he he's definitely a good plan he should be our number one striker but is he going to I mean what do you class as a natural goal scorer are we talking someone to get 15-20 goals is that what is that what we're saying if that's the case and I think McGuinness could probably push to get like just like past 10 maybe 15 at a, at a push but I don't think it'll well, be he got 10 last year and that yeah. included a, a fairly hefty so spell how many are like will, will, who, who's top goal scorer last year was it Billy it was, Sharp it was Ricky Holmes of what, uh, yeah for the whole league how many yeah, did Billy get something like 30 or, yeah, yeah I mean or if 20, he's talking, 20 something yeah, yeah. it's not going to be that no McGuinness isn't going to be your tw- 20 goal a season striker no but I still think he has a place in this team but that's what probably what Wobbo was chasing was trying to get in when Lee Novak wanted to go with a couple of days to go so I think that's probably what Cole wants in January as well. When when, I, when we was talking about earlier about trying to push on in January, I think. So I agree with him to an extent, but I still think McGuinness is a very good player. Right, uh, we've nearly come to the end of Charlton Live. It's just it's just worth pointing out now. We've got a couple of weeks break and international break, so maybe it's just time to to take uh, sort of heed of, of how far of how well of what we've done so far this season and how happy we are with, with what we've done this season. So we're sitting in the playoff places. I think we're fifth now. Uh, we've won more than we've lost. Uh, we've won more than we've drawn. Uh, how do you rate the start to the season? Now now we've played 11 games. We're coming up to quarter of the way through the season. Yeah, I think uh, it's funny because I think yesterday's result pretty much swings how I would rate the whole start of the season. I think if we'd lost that as well and we were going into an international break, I'd be saying it was a pretty disappointing start. Um, I think actually where we are now is, is very, very positive. Um, I think there's a lot of hope. I think we're more than capable of finishing in the playoff places. Um, we've shown we can respond from a blip. Okay, it took us a little while, but we got there. We got a lot of goals in the side, maybe not just through McGuinness, like a few people have suggested, but I think within a lot of those attacking players, I think our main concern over the next 10 weeks or so is to keep as many players as we can fit because otherwise we will see, I would expect we would see a drop-off like we've had in recent years. But... If players can stay fit, I think we are going to continue to win more than we lose. Um, we're going to be an exciting team to watch. And then I think come Christmas, let's let's see what Roland does and and go from there. But yeah, I think as a start of the season, certainly when you compare it to recent years, I think it's been pretty good. How confident are you, Nathan, after the start we've had so far? Yeah, I mean, Tom's pretty much summed everything up, really. I mean, the, the only thing I'd add 
is that we really need to stop shipping goals if we have any chance of getting in that top six. Um, so we've got two weeks now with the players that are not away to try and work on something and just try and just try and tighten up a little bit because I think if we keep shipping goals for fun, which not not for fun, but you know, we've, we've, it's not fun at all, really. No, nah, but we, I mean, hate it. Rotherham was the last time. We had a clean sheet in the league, wasn't it? Yeah, and so and then Bristol before that. So it's only two clean sheets in the league this season. So if we we need to tighten up for sure, um, but hopefully with Saar coming into it now and had a good performance, maybe that maybe that will be a good well a good sign. So that's the only thing I'd add to Tom's point really. But Tom got everything I wanted to mm. say anyway. Ah, so interesting times here at the Valley after I start to see. So like, like I said, uh, next week's game against Peterborough is postponed, which means we, we're having a week off. We're not going to be doing a big match preview. We're not going to be doing a Sunday show next week. So we won't be back till Thursday week, uh, the day after the women's team play here at the Valley. So if you want your football fix whilst the men's team aren't playing, don't forget the women's team uh, playing at home against Palace at Thamesmead next Sunday on October the 8th, uh, 2 o'clock kickoff, And then they'll be here on the Wednesday at the Valley, 7.45 kickoff against uh, West Ham United. Uh, and I think I'll be finding my way to the Valley for that game. Uh, right, this has been Charlton Live. I hope you've enjoyed the show. As you look back at yesterday's excellent win at Fleetwood, that superb Patrick from Tariq Fossu handing us three points. I've certainly enjoyed remembering that because it's a very good day. Uh, great to see Fossu get that hat-trick. Tom Wallin, thank you for coming in this evening. Cheers, Larry. And to Nathan Muller, thank you for leaving your marital home and, and coming here. <laughs> How was the marriage? It's, it's a relief. Yeah, still, still, still intact. Yeah, excellent, um, excellent stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Yeah, cool. So yeah, so we'll have a couple of weeks off now. We'll be back on Thursday week. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Thanks for all your emails and your tweets and uh, we'll see you later. <laughs> What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.